Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi everyone, I'm Dr. Rob Zamet and welcome back to a brand new episode of The Doggy Pod. Yes, welcome back. Uh, I'm Dr. Rob Zamet's producer. My name is Stephen Peters and together, as we do every week, we're talking all things dogs. Yeah, and this week we're going to talk about you know, the nipper of a dog, the dog that does too much nipping. I'm going to tell you how to stop your dog from being just that. The nipping dog is, well, can get dangerous. And it's not, uh, it's not as uncommon as you think. There's quite a few nippers out there. Also, this week we're starting a new segment that we're calling Rob's Dogs. <laughs> yes, Rob Do- Rob's Dogs. I don't know how many uh, people out there know, but Dr. Rob has a lot of dogs around the house, and obviously he's had a lot of dogs in his life. And each week he's going to introduce us to uh, one of his dogs, yeah. which will be cool. Um, first thing, forward to that. Really, yeah. yeah. Firstly, as we always do, Rob is, as you know, a very busy man practicing in his vet clinic every week. I think he works, what, five or six days a week? He seems to be always there. Anyway, what's, what's been the highlight of this week, Rob? Uh, well, it's big news this week. It's not so much about a case I'm going to talk about, though I did use this a long time ago, quite, quite a few years ago, very, very successfully on a dog that had a malignant melanoma. We all know or should know about cancers with sun you know the, the cancers that you get with malignant melanoma are terrible they just is that on their, their faces or their noses anyway, or what? most often it's on white dogs on their bellies when they have the habit of laying back and sun baking and they get, get skin cancers on their bellies because there's no pigment and no hair there but it can be on their faces it can be um, under their tail even Melanomas uh, and other cancers uh, like that occur in both people and dogs. And up to now, we've had very little treatment other than 
you know, try and kill it as, as best you can with surgery and a whole lot of chemotherapy. This is still chemotherapy, but it's a new one. And it's been uh, invented by a company called Cubiotics, and it's injected around the actual melanoma. You don't go doing surgery. You actually inject it around the site, and it kills the cells. The drug is called Stelfonta. Well, that's what the registered name of this drug will be, Stelfonta. Say it again. What's, what's it called? Stelfonta, S-T-E-L-F-O-N-T-A. It is uh, going to be available very, very shortly. It's a new treatment for a lot of the skin, skin cancers, the squamous cell carcinomas and the uh, melanomas that we see in both dogs and people. It will eventually be uh, used for people, would you believe, Stephen? They're, they're looking at trials for that as well, human trials. Well, it coming. sounds, yeah, it sounds it's pretty very, straightforward. Very, oh, very exciting. Guess what? Guess where it came from? Yes, the Queensland rainforest. came from uh, a plant right. up there. That's where they first found this chemical that is very, very good at killing skin cancers in, well, animals, and humans are just an animal, so it will eventually be of benefit in the human field as well. But, uh, yeah, if your dog has a skin cancer, you should uh, pop along to your vet and talk to him and ask him about the drug Stelfonta. If he doesn't know it, don't uh, be amazed that he's not keeping up. It's just it's very, very new. What you're learning here, a lot of vets don't know about yet. So, you know, just... He'll, he can go and do the research and find out about it and see if it's going to be good for your dog should you have a cancer. Very, very useful drug in the future, both for dogs and humans. So this is hot off the presses, folks, hot off the presses. Actually, um, with summer coming on, is this something that we all should be more aware of? Because, you know, to be honest, I always think, you know, the dog's got so much fur, can't get yeah. skin cancers. But, of course, yeah, on their nose they can. And I, I wasn't aware they'd be getting them on their belly. So yeah. if we're sort of watching our dog sunbake, should we be discourage moving them it. along? And, Absolutely yeah. discourage it. Yeah, and dogs, it's funny. Like when I see skin cancers on their tummy, people say, oh, what's this growth? What do you think, doc? And I said, your dog likes to lay on its back in the sun. How did you know? Well, you know, it's the same. Same as people. Too much sun baking for dogs is not good for them. Um, and dogs enjoy it. It's nice and warming out in the sun the way we enjoy it. They do too, but they don't understand the danger of it. And if they are dogs that have white skin and not much pigment, they're even in more danger of getting skin cancers just like people. So some people actually uh, get little... Um, visors for their dog's head and nose to stop the sun getting on their nose and around the eyes there's no hair there and if they've got very little pigment they can get even cancers around the eyes so those visors can be good you can also get some sunblocks for those dogs a lot of the human sunblocks especially for children are very very good for dogs as well on their tummies if your dog has a habit and you can't break them of the habit for you're not home or whatever when the slip you know, put some on. And again, some people even make little T-shirts. So it's, you know, slip, slop, slap, all the same thing as uh, we do with um, ourselves. You can do it with your dogs. So if you, if you know your dog's going to be out in the sun for a while, maybe on a long walk or whatever, is it silly to put sunblock on its nose? Yeah, if you're going for a long walk and it's going to be in the sun for a long time, well worthwhile doing that. Well worthwhile because nothing worse. The dog gets a skin cancer on the nose. It's such an important part of the dog very difficult if it grows fast to uh, operate and not destroy a lot of the tissue in that area 
And I guess this, that's where this is going to be beneficial. If you do get it, cancer on the nose, this Delfonta, you just inject into the area and you'll be able to deal with it a lot, a lot better than having to do a hollow surgery. Is your dog a bit of a nipper? As in, likes a little bit of a bite? Or, you know, and it could be in a playful way, not necessarily aggressive, just kind of... I guess it thinks it's being playful and having fun or whatever, but uh, you know, generally nipping, I don't think it's a good call. Um, what's the story on nipping, Rob? I mean, how yeah. do you stop it? And why do, why do dogs do it if they're not being aggressive? Well, they do it to play. Um, they do it just, some dogs just do it out of happiness, you know, just bite away at, the, at you and try and grab you and pull at your clothing or at you just through sheer joy, but it's not a good thing, and especially. If they do it to someone that's elderly with very thin skin, it can cause severe bleeding. If they do it in aggressive fashion, that's even worse. So why, why do they do it as they either happy or aggression? It's going to be one of those two things. And sometimes it's because they're not getting what they need. Now, look at the breed of dog, especially if you've got one of the working dogs. They are bred to nip at heels of sheep or cattle or whatever it is that they're herding. And if they're not doing that, they may just do it on you or on your children, and it becomes very distressing. If you have a breed of dog like that, or a dog that even, it doesn't have to be a breed of dog. I've seen Rottweilers doing that, and seen people take them along to places where they can teach herding for dogs. You think, oh, I live in the city. What are you talking about? I can't go miles out west. It's not miles out west. You will find, even around the major cities, just on the outskirts, you know, probably 45 minutes drive from where you are, and one hour tops in Sydney, I know that, um, you can go to places where they train you to train your dog to do herding. And you'll have um, a lot of uh, training and a lot of control over your dog, but more importantly, your dog then is fulfilling the needs it's been bred for. It's fulfilling the needs of its DNA. And so the nipping at home will all of a sudden stop because you're saying... So are there some breeds that are more prone to nipping? Oh, very, very much so. Very much so. I mean, and I, I won't, you know, put out one breed more than another, but yes, a, a lot of the working dogs will do it because that's what they're bred to do. You know, they'll nip at your heels because they're healers or they'll nip at you because they're hurting you or they're happy or whatever it is. And as I say, their needs, their DNA needs are not being fulfilled at home. So some obedience training will go a long way in fulfilling needs because that's work for dogs. You know, dogs do need jobs. There's no doubt about that. I've said that over and over. They need industry to get out there. They need to be able to do things. One simple thing, if you can't get to a herding place, there will be an obedience place near you. Not where you send your dog to get trained, but rather where you go along once a week with your dog. They teach you to train your dog and you practice those exercises for a whole five minutes a day at home. Not much time that you're giving your dog. If you can go five minutes twice a day, so much the better. But if you're training your dog all the time, again, you're fulfilling some of its needs to work. Then if you can train it to, to retrieve something, when it goes to nip, you should have uh, that item with you that you throw 
or give to the dog straight away. So all of a sudden, instead of nipping, it's holding something for you. It's and, got something else to yeah, do. And yeah, and you train the dog to take, give, take, give, whatever it is. Whatever, it's a dumbbell or it's a ball. You say take or fetch and off it goes, it grabs it. Come here, give, it gives it back. It's fulfilling that need. I don't like the idea, oh, if they, if they start nipping, give them some treats to distract them. Sorry, giving them treats after they nip is rewarding them for the nipping. And they can, it can make them worse, not distract them. So totally. be, be, be aware that sometimes giving treats to distract them is actually rewarding them for the bad behaviour. I don't mind you giving them a toy to stuff in their mouth. That's a bit different because all of a sudden they've got their chew thing. That that's theirs. They own that. They can nip that all they like, but don't nip me. Another good idea, especially with puppies, puppies it's very difficult, so it's hard to train them. You can't take them out to uh, training until they're a bit older sometimes. If they're nipping at your heels, put something on that they don't like. So what's that? Well, some, something like the athletic rubs that you see. Don't have to rub it in, but just put it on your – if it's clothes that they pull, put some old clothes on and put them on the outside of the clothes. If it's your skin, put it on your skin. Things like deep heat uh, or Metsal, M-E-T-S-A-L. They hate the smell of it. And if it's on your hands, they go to nip the heel. Oh, you stink. I'm not biting that. And that's a negative reinforcement, but at least they learn, don't nip that, it doesn't smell good. You know? And at that time, give them something that's nice. A ball, especially a ball that has maybe been rubbed in some cooked chicken uh, or a, a, a dumb... ball rubbed in cooked oh, chicken. Oh, yes, beautiful. Don't eat the chicken afterwards. <laughs> yeah, a tennis ball rubbed in cooked chicken. It smells nice, they grab it, it teaches them to go for it. Um, the, the middle of a dumbbell, again, rubbed with some chicken or something, you throw it and they, hmm, that smells nice, and they grab it and they bring it back, teaches them now, to... Now, of course, Rob, just sorry to interrupt, but of course, it's got to be cooked chicken, right? I said it, cooked chicken. Yeah, I did, did say that. You're yes. quite correct. Just, just but to be good clear, pickup, just to yeah, be clear. very cooked. Um, oh, yeah, it could be anything at all that you rub on it. Um, but some people use other treats that they rub on the, on dumbbells and throw it and the dog goes and sniffs it and picks it up and brings it back. And what you can do is just sit your dog down in front of you, give it that item, say take or fetch, whatever word you want to use, then take it out of its mouth, say give, take, give. So you're teaching the dog to give when, when that item back when it's told and, and grab it when you're asking it to. You're teaching it to retrieve, which does help to ameliorate the desire for the, of them to nip. They, they tend to stop doing that. If it's an aggressive nip and it keeps happening, you do need professional help. It's too dangerous. Yeah, if it's a, it's a serious nip on the child, you know, things will get really ugly. If it's a serious nip on you, it's bad enough. A dog shouldn't do that. Your own dog should never do that. And if it's happening because the dog's aggressive and dominating, then seek professional help. Talk to your veterinarian because this is getting dangerous. You might have to go to a behavioural specialist, a veterinary behavioural specialist, and see what can be done for, for that particular dog. All righty. Um, we are starting a new segment on the Doggy Pod this week, and it's called Rob's Dogs, which, you know, pretty predictable name, I guess. But um, over the years, uh, and even now, Rob always has, like, quite a lot of dogs believe me when I tell you that quite a lot of dogs uh, a trip to Rob's place uh, you will be 
manhandled, uh, cuddled, jumped on, licked, and everything by every imaginable type of dog. And they're all Rob's dogs, and he knows each of them personally. Um, so we just thought, well, let's start introducing some of Rob's dogs. So it's probably a hard one to decide, Rob. What's going to be the first dog you want to talk well, about? Well, I will go to... In no particular order. Yeah, you know. no, I'm going to go with the first dog that... Um, not the first dog that came in my life, but... The first big love of my life in dogs. I loved them all beforehand. There was a lot of dogs before uh, because we stayed in the delicatessen and I used to feed a lot of the stray dogs and they'd follow me around everywhere. But this dog was a special dog. Is that why you became a vet? Because dogs know. just kept on following you this, this because you always had meat with you. I think so. Although this dog just, he was dropped off in the house by my brother who actually purchased the dog, not, not for me particularly, but... The dog and I became bonded like you wouldn't believe. His name was Strauss. He was a German shepherd, um, a very handsome dog, not the typical black and gold German shepherd. He was very dark, had a lot of black with a lot less gold on him. And his first port of call after he did things in the backyard and came into the house was under my bed. Uh, later on, he slept on my bed. And I tell you, a single bed with a great big German shepherd that's you know, 35, 40 kilos, there's not a lot of room for a, a teenage boy. But there's the thing, Stephen. I was a teenager, and nowadays we know that children and adolescents that grow up with a dog make more empathetic and sympathetic adults. That's a, a no-brainer. That's been yeah, talk. absolute fact. The other thing I did with Strauss, we used to go off to obedience school together. Uh, my parents didn't have a car. They didn't drive. So I'd have to go up and buy a railway ticket for me and for him and get on the train and go to a suburb called Tempe and then walk down to the big park there where they used to have training for dogs and we used to train. And what I didn't realise was as I'm teaching my dog things and working with him, our relationship got very close. I didn't always do it the right way because this dog was a really, really smart dog. Um, I could literally show him something and he would repeat the exercise just by mimic behaviour, I guess. But most dogs, you have to you know, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. Not Strauss. You'd show him once and say, oh, OK, I can do that, and he'd do it. But the thing that I learned was how to learn. By teaching him, I was learning how to learn, how to repeat things, and it made me a better student at school. And in fact, that's what I've noticed, that kids that do take it seriously and take the responsibility of a dog and start training it and take the responsibility of training that dog always do better at school. So it's a thought for parents. Um, Mm. There's a lot of lessons in life to learn for an adolescent that has all the problems, and like all teenagers, I went through, sometimes I went through hell, and I'd come home after a bad day at school or whatever it was, and I'd tell Strauss all the bad things that had happened and all the bad things I'd thought of and done, and the beautiful thing about Strauss was he never told a soul. He just kept it all to so, himself. So you told Strauss all you the bad tell things him, you'd yeah, done at school that say, day. Oh, man, am I in trouble now? And Never mind. I mean, he, we got very close, and if... Uh, if anyone raised their voice, even my dad, if he raised his voice, Strauss would growl at them. <laughs> it was quite quite <laughs> intimidating. It. But um, but it, just a beautiful What dog. age did Strauss live to? Unfortunately, a bad virus got hold of him. I mean, we, we look at the virus today. This virus was unheard of. 
caused severe hemorrhagic enteritis, and that's what killed him at uh, the age of ten and a half. And it was a, a oh, virus so called not, not old at all. No, though. it was a virus yeah. called parvovirus. Now, thankfully, oh, we have a vaccine yes. for it. But then, when it came into the uh, into the country, into the world, it, it, it ripped through dogs, old dogs and young puppies, and you know, so many dogs died until we got the vaccine. So, wow! God yeah, bless I've vaccines. Been, I've been right through that. a as bad a pandemic as as coronavirus is, um, and how it's affected everybody. Parvovirus did the same with dogs. Every week we try to answer at least one uh, listener's question and you can ask Dr. Rob pretty much anything canine-related at thedoggypod uh, at gmail.com, thedoggypod at gmail.com and um, we'll get around to them eventually. Now this one is a letter from a 13-year-old boy named Charlie. Uh, Mum and Dad are getting me a puppy. I want him to sleep in my bedroom but Dad said he will make a mess. How can I teach him not to wee and poo in my bedroom, mm. so Dad won't get mad? And and because I want to have he, I want to have him with me at night. Right. That's a very very good yeah, question, well, Char- Charlie. Thank yeah, you, Charlie. As a baby, you're yeah, just like we all start off in nappies because we don't know how to control our wee and poo behaviours. Um, I'm not suggesting you put your puppy in nappies, but know when he wants to wee and poo. And when does he want to do it? After a meal or after a sleep, that's when he wants to do it. That's when you take him out on the grass and you you just keep watching him. And as he goes to the toilet, use whatever command. I just say, be quick, good dog, be quick, good dog. While he's weeing and pooing, I'm saying, be quick, good dog. While I feed him, I just pat him gently and say, good dog, good dog. So the word good dogs starts to bring a good feeling to your, your pet. Now, it's not just aimless words. All of a sudden, he's associating with good things. So when he's out there toileting, he knows that be quick, it's just blah, blah to start with. But if you keep repeating it, it becomes a reflex action. In fact, with the police dogs, they just tell them, be quick, and off they go and go to the toilet before they go to do a building search because you don't want the police dog stopping halfway through a building search to do a wee inside someone's house. So it's important. So how's Charlie going to convince his dad then? Well, that's that's okay. that's the first thing. Now the second thing, Charlie, I've always said all dogs should have some degree of crate training. What you need to do is do some jobs around the house to collect some money to buy a crate for your puppy. So your puppy will stay in the crate on paper that you can clean up every morning. In he goes. Last thing at night, you take him out, go to the toilet. Don't forget, be quick, be quick. Eventually, if you're consistent, you're patient, and you praise the dog all the time at the right times outside, he won't want to wee or poo in the house, and he'll be able to sleep outside his crate. But it's good to do crate training anyway because there are times when he needs to be in the crate. The crate becomes his place, his little domain, if you like, where he can go in when he likes. Later on, you can keep the door open once he's fully house-trained and he can go in and out uh, or you can do what I did with Strauss and sneak him onto the bed while no one's looking. Uh, I'm not encouraging that, Charlie, but if you want to, (laughs) I'll give you permission. So it's a matter of just doing it all the time. The crate initially, because he's too young, 
for his little bladder to hold on all night. Lots of newspaper or something down there that will collect it and you can clean up in the morning before you head off to school and then he'll be safe in, his, in the backyard where, until you get home. But it's very much a matter of being patient, being persistent and being consistent with what you do with toilet training. Remember, like I said, know the times when he wants to go to the toilet. Know the signs. All of a sudden, you know, when he starts learning a little bit, he's getting a bit mm, anxious. You know, I want to go out, I want to go out. Take him out straight away and go onto the grass where you want him to wee or poo. When he's doing it, good dog, be quick, good dog. So that later on, when you take him out last thing at night, say, be quick, he'll go off, do his business, and then inside with you and onto the bed. Let's hope, let's hope Dad's listening and uh, will help little Charlie. Charlie with can job. do it himself. He's he's a fantastic kid. I'm I'm backing this kid. Thank you very much for listening to the Doggy Pod this week. We really appreciate it. Uh, please feel free to tell all your doggy friends and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And we will see you next week. Friday uh, is when our episodes come out. Uh, always good for a bit of a weekend listening if you're going for a bit of a walk with the headphones on taking your dog for a walk perfect anyway i'll see you next week and rob as always will have a few words of his his very special wisdom yeah right at the moment we're in the middle of COVID here and we're living in a disconnected world disconnected with people we love disconnected with culture with religion whatever Technology is struggling to keep up with us, uncertainty in the economy, confusion about what the future will hold. Yet in this world, our dogs remain a faithful truth that is constant in our lives. And it's our dogs that leave us with unconditional love, just consistently, regardless of what's happening in the world. Hang on, people. We're nearly there. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 